as we begin to build, as we begin to move forward, it's not necessarily strategies or ministries, but we make a decision to press on. We make a decision that we have not already attained anything. Are you with me? It's time to say, God, there is more. There is more. We press on. We press in. We pursue you. We desire you. We go after you. As a Christian in your own personal walk, the most dangerous place is when you're standing still. Never get too stuck on your success. Never get too stuck on what's taking place already. Because God has more in store for you. So wonderful to see you all. And, um, you know, I don't know if there's tennis on TV, but you're not watching it tonight. And then, <laughs> amen. You know, I like hockey, you know. Hockey is a man's sport, you know what I mean? You know, they don't wear tights and, you know. Okay, we're not going to talk about that now. Okay. All right. You know. And they still, they've got no teeth. I mean, you know, hockey players, you know. It's really great to be with you. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing. And you know, it's amazing. I've watched some of you <clears throat> that have been here at all the services so far. I can see how the Lord is truly beginning to do an amazing work in you. And you know, what we don't realize is that the work of the Holy Spirit is primarily something you can't see with your eyes. It's something that happens on the inside of you. I'll never forget a few years ago, I went with my father to Israel. The two of us went together. And when I went on that trip, we were there and it was so powerful. Every minute of it was so powerful. There was one, one event that took place that was just overwhelming. We went to where Samaria was. And when we got there, it's in an area that's difficult to get to because it's not in, in the Israeli area. So we went in there and we managed to get in there because our God was, you know, he was um, Arabic, so it was easy to get in there with him. And we got in there and we went down. And when we got to the site, we were the only ones there. And we'd been to many sites and they were all very, very beautiful. And when we got there, this site was in a church. This was the well where the woman met with Jesus. And we went down into this little room and down these stairs. And when we got to the bottom, there was this guy standing there who was selling pictures and stuff. But we got to this well and we went to the water and the guy looked at us and said, you can let the bucket down and you can drink the water. And he let the bucket go down and my dad was standing next to me and I was kind of watching him and we were, you know, because I just was kind of watching him, you know. And the next thing, this water bucket, he was wheeling it up and you're kind of imagining that moment of when Jesus was there and, and all of a sudden the water comes up in this little bucket and I have never seen my father react like that. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just began to get so excited. And he took the water and he said, this is the water that Jesus drank. And he took the water and he splashed it on his face and he rubbed it in his hair. And I'm watching it. I'm like, I need to have some of this water. But I couldn't stop watching him. Because he was having an encounter with God. He was having a moment that was just so incredible. 
And he's splashing the water and drinking the water with his hand and taking this little bucket and we're getting little bottles and filling the bottles. But it was so special to be at that place where Jesus was. The most amazing thing about that trip was when we arrived home. We didn't realize what had taken place while we were there. My dad's walk has totally been revolutionized. I mean, he's like so on fire for God. You know, almost as on fire as me. You know, almost. I mean, it's amazing. Every time we talk, we just talk about the Lord. We talk about Scripture and everything. And before we went to Israel, he always loved God, but not like this. What was it that changed him? It was the work of the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit does an amazing work in your life. And you'll come to a conference like this and think, man, you know, I, I, you know it was really great, but I don't really feel a whole lot different. But wait. Because this is good soil. And he is here. That's for sure. I remember just a few months ago, I said to my staff, we need to take those classrooms down. Because in a few weeks, we're going to be too full. I want you to know we already are too full. Because we knew that God was going to move. Last night we had, I mean, it was packed. It's packed tonight. Tomorrow night you better get here early. I'm telling you. I'm not joking. Tomorrow night there will not be enough room. There will not be enough room. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's drawing. Listen, people are hungry for God. People are hungry for the presence of God. People are hungry for a move of the Spirit. They want to encounter Him. They want to encounter Jesus. So we are talking over this week in this conference about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. The truth is that there's actually quite a few, and it was a little difficult to decide which ones to share on. However, there's no doubt that these are the ones we need to talk about. I know the Lord wants to do something and show us something. I hope you've gotten something out of it so far. Amen. It sounds a whole lot different now. <laughs> okay. So tonight we're going to talk about the symbol of water. Water. The Holy Spirit and water. And how are they, how is water a representation of the Holy Spirit? How is it a symbol of the Spirit? And I'll explain it to you this evening. It's extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. You see, the one thing that you must understand is that in order for us to survive, we need water. How many of you know that the world today has many drinks? Most of them are drinks that have been polluted or water that has been polluted with bubbles, sugar, and all kinds of bad things. That is an imitation of what we really need, which is pure water. How many of you have ever been really, really thirsty? Like, I mean, like, you just, like, you can't even breathe, you're so thirsty. There is nothing that will satisfy that thirst like real water, like pure water. When you just, like, you know, you're so thirsty that, you know, when you get to the water, you can't even, you, there's no such thing as just, like, 
drinking it nicely, you know. You literally pour it over your face and whatever goes in your mouth is just, you know, thank God it's making it in there. But the rest of you is enjoying every little bit of it. When you're truly thirsty and desperate for water, there's nothing like it that will quench your thirst. I remember once I went on a trip, a fishing trip to Mozambique. We were shooting a, we were shooting a, a DVD, a fishing DVD, and we went out on the boat and it was like 100 degrees. I'm not kidding. It was so hot. And when we got back to the, to the hotel, to the ch- chalets, there were these chalets in the bush, guys, like real wild stuff, you know. We get back, and the, the water, you can't drink it, so we had to drink Coke. Listen, t- Coke has never tasted so good. But the problem was, we were drinking the Coke, and the thirst wouldn't go away. So now, how many Cokes can you drink? You know what I mean? I'll tell you one thing. They were the ones in the glass bottles. They taste really good. But it didn't matter how many Cokes I had, they would just, just, it wouldn't quench the thirst. You see, there's nothing like real water to quench the thirst when you have a thirst. In Scripture, we see an amazing picture of the dependency that man has on water. Right through the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament. Let's go to Exodus 15, verse 20. The children of Israel have just come through out of Egypt into the wilderness. You know, God has saved them and and provided for them. And now they enter into the wilderness, but they have a problem. Let's take a look. Exodus 15, 20. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, singing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider, he has thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found, watch this, no water. Now when they came to Marah, which is bitter, it means bitter. They could not drink the waters of Marah, the bitter waters, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of that place was called Marah. So we know that that water was bitter. And that place was called Marah because the water was bitter there. So now they've been saved, they've come out of, the, out, of, out of bondage, they've crossed the Red Sea, they've got no water, they arrive, and guess what, when they get to the oasis, you see the palm trees, everything's looking good, you go, you stick your face in the water, and you can't drink it because it's bitter. That's what happened to the children of Israel. And so the people complained against Moses, verse 24, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the water, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, watch this. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals. This is where God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. It's amazing how God is so much more than just a healer. The word Rapha, really, most scholars agree, or some scholars agree specifically, that the word Rapha actually, if, if we had to look at what a true deep meaning was, it would certainly be more than just heal it would also mean to restore because God can't heal water, but he can restore it. Are you with me? 
And so it is with the life of a believer that God not only heals you, but he also restores you. In fact, salvation, the word saved is the word sozo, which really in its root form suggests that it means to be restored. Because rafami, I mean, sozo means so much more than just being saved. It means healed. It means delivered. It means made well. So we see how the children of Israel begin to complain. They they moan and they, they, they complain that, listen, we've, you know, we've come out of, out, of the, out, of the, out of Egypt and now we've got no water. And, the, and, and then Moses goes and on, on behalf to, of the people to, to, to God and then God heals the water. It's amazing when there's no water, how easy and quickly we will complain. Come on, we will, right? It's interesting that much later in Scripture... Again, the children of Israel run into a situation where they have no water. And God wants to supply a supernatural provision of water for them. And we know the story. Moses goes down the mountain, strikes the rock twice, and water gushes out of the rock. Did you know that that rock that Moses struck followed them in the wilderness? Some of you don't believe me. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. There was a rock in the wilderness that God had provided, that provided water essential to live. Because once again, the children of Israel began to complain bitterly against God, saying, why did you bring us out here? Why did you bring us here? And we don't even have water to live. Take us back to Egypt. And the people complain, and God gets upset. But He still, in His goodness and mercy, provides water for them. Water is essential for us to be able to live. I need you to understand this. You cannot live without water. You need water to live. Now watch this. Isaiah 44, 3 says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. There's an incredible story in Scripture about the woman at the well. Let's go in our Bibles to John 4, verse number 5. I've got a lot of Scripture today, two major stories that we'll cover this, this evening because I must make a point to you this evening. You must grasp this. Yes, the Holy Spirit is an oil, an anointing. He's a fire that gives us passion and zeal. But He is also a water, a living water. Watch this. John 4, verse 5. So he came to a city of Samaria, this is Jesus, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. That's the well I went to, guys. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. That means it was about midday, the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So Jesus arrives at the well 
in the middle of the day, you must understand that nobody goes to the well at midday. Nobody. Because it's too hot to go at midday. And there are two things that happen at the same time, which is so incredible. First of all, why does Jesus choose to arrive at the well at midday? And at the same time that he arrives at the well, this woman arrives in midday when she should come with all the other women early in the morning, but she chooses to arrive at that moment. I want you to know that Jesus, without any doubt, arrived at that moment to meet with her. Now remember, we spoke about what it must be like to walk through the desert, to be in a place where you're so thirsty. Jesus arrives at the well and he is thirsty and this woman can see it. She can see that he is thirsty. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, verse 7, verse 8. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew... Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So in other words, this was a lower class citizen. And the Jews called Samaritans dogs, literally. They were like a mixed breed. They were just, they were rejected. They were, they were, not, they were, they were not loved by the Jews. They didn't like each other. There was almost like a war between them. They did not like each other. And Jesus Custom-wise, would never even, a Jew would never ask a Samaritan for a drink. But Jesus asks her. She says, for Jews have no dealings with, Samarit with, with Samaritans. So verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, watch this, living water. So she says, he says to her, I want a drink. And she says, well, why are you asking me for a drink? You people don't even want, you know, you don't even talk to us, but you, you want to ask me for a drink. So she's kind of like, you know, I'm the one with the buckets here, guy. And Jesus says to her, listen, if you knew who I really was, you would ask me for water. Because the water that I have will not just satisfy you for a moment. This water is living water. He says to her, I have living water. Amen. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? She's mocking him. Try and picture yourself being in the situation. Don't just glance over the text and read it. Look at it. Think about it. She's saying to him, listen, living water, you don't even have anything to draw the water with. But you want to tell me about living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus said to whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now he has her attention because as he begins to speak, you must understand when the Holy Spirit is working, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, Jesus is speaking by the Spirit, 
all of a sudden, the words that he was saying arrests her. It arrests her. He has her attention. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, watch this, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Jesus is literally, not only is he telling her about living water, but right now in this moment, he is giving her living water. You see, she's sitting there saying, listen, what water are you talking about? And now he answers her and he gives it to her. He is revealing who she is to her. He knows something about her. She knows it too because he's showing her. He's giving her something that can only come by the Spirit. He must have the knowledge of God in him to be able to share this. And now she recognizes this. She recognizes it. He says, for you've had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So she hasn't recognized who he is yet, but she has recognized that he's a holy man. And she says, our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to a woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. At that time, salvation was for the Jews only. And then he says to her, but the hour is coming and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say in spirit. And truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You see, true worship. A true worshiper is someone that worships the Father in spirit and truth. The only way that you can do that is out of the abundance of what's in you, what He places in you. Listen, you can't worship God properly without the Holy Spirit. You just don't, you can't. The hour is coming now. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is only asking for one thing, and that is a true worshiper. He is looking for those who will truly worship Him. And then He says, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Did you know that this woman is the first one that he reveals himself as the Christ to? A Samaritan woman that has had five husbands that went for a drink of water, but that day she found some water that she'd never had before. Watch. Let me show you that she was satisfied. Watch this. Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and marveled what he talked with a woman 
that he, that, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? And the woman left her water pot. She got so excited because in that moment she was introduced to the Messiah, the one who would give us living water. Water that will quench, that will actually satisfy that thirst. You must know it was so hot in, in, in Samaria at that time. It's like desert. It literally is like desert there. She goes with her water pots. And when she gets there and encounters Jesus, she's so filled by what he says and so satisfied by what he says that she drops her pots and runs into town to tell everybody about who she has met. The woman left her water pots, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see the man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Jesus tells her that if he comes to her, if, if she comes to him, that she, she will be able to drink rivers of living water, real living water. This is so amazing. Throughout Scripture, we see how there's a need for water to survive. In this story, we see how this woman has far more of a need than just water. She's struggling in her life. She's, she's rejected by the community because of the type of woman that she is. And the only place that she can come to for healing, to be satisfied, because you must understand when you've had five husbands, it's because there's a problem. Amen. Something is wrong. There's a need. Something's going, not happening. But she meets Jesus and her life totally changes because he gives her a taste of living water. I want to show you that that water is the water that the Holy Spirit gives you. And that's what Jesus is referring to when he says, I can give you living water. Let's go in our Bibles to John 7, verse 37. This is so powerful what I'm about to share with you. Actually, there's one more story after this, okay? This is the night we get a lot of Scripture. Tomorrow there won't be a lot of Scripture because we're going to do the anointing service. But I need you to get this tonight because this is really, this has the potential this evening to change your life completely. On the last day, that great day of the feast, something's about to happen. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, the priests did a ceremony, a water ceremony. And what they would do is they would go down to the pool of Siloam. This is very important that you remember this. Everybody say Siloam. They would go down to the pool of Siloam to draw water. The pool of Siloam was supplied water from the spring of Gahon. The spring of Gahon is a spring that basically supplied water to the whole of Jerusalem through the pool of Siloam. Okay? 
And because that water came from a spring, it was considered living water. So they would go down every day and they would take a pitcher and they would fill that pitcher with water. And then they would go back to the tabernacle. This is the second temple era. This is the Solomon's temple. temple. And they would go and they would, they would go and then what they would do is they would Actually, this is the second simple error. Anyway, so they would go and then they would take that water and they would pour that water on the altar. They would walk around it once and then they would pour that water on the altar. And the reason why they were doing this was primarily because it was a time of new harvest. So they were trusting God for rain. They needed water. They needed rain. Otherwise, they wouldn't survive. And I'm sure at the same time, we know that during these feasts, they would remember God's provision. The the Feast of Tabernacles was a time where they would remember what God did for them in the wilderness specifically. So one of the things He did for them was provide them with water. Then on the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles, on the last day, the great day of the feast, that's what it's called, they would go down And they would get the pitcher of water and then they would go back up and they would walk around the altar seven times. And they would pour it on the altar and they would have a great celebration because they believed that God was going to now bless them. And He would, very often, most times He would bless them because they honored Him, they remembered Him and He blessed them. He said at those times, those set times that He would do it. Now, it's the great day of the feast. It's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles and Jesus is about to make a statement that's gonna shake everybody. Watch this now. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up saying, if anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And now he's about to tell us what he's talking about. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So even when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, he was preparing her heart Because he wanted to show her that there was something coming. There is a day coming. The time is coming. Not yet, but it's coming soon. That the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Why? Because they will be given the spirit. And out of their bellies will flow rivers of living water. You see, when you get saved and you get filled with the spirit, he comes and lives on the inside of you and provides you with everything you need, everything you need to survive, everything you need to make it, He provides. But Jesus makes the statement, He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come and drink. Let him come to me and I will give him rivers of living water. If you want to experience something that will finally truly satisfy you, You have to go to the Holy Spirit, the one that's with you. You see, Jesus left the Spirit here with us so that we could have relationship and fellowship with Him and He would keep us full to the point actually of overflowing. Because once you go and you drink and you drink and you drink, it begins to overflow. And that's when you can really impact others. This is so powerful. But this is only the beginning. You see, not only do we get sustained in our walks with God, 
because of the Spirit that gives us this water to sustain our walk with Him. But there is something else that water does. And Jesus makes an incredible statement in a healing that He does. When I saw this, guys, I, I, was, I did the happy dance. I'd never seen it before. Watch this. This is, this is so powerful. I don't think that there is a healing story in Scripture that has so much detail. I can't read it all to you because it's 41 verses. And I'd like you to get home before midnight. Let's go to John 9, verse number 1. John 9, verse number 1. Now as Jesus passed by, He saw a man who was blind from birth. It's important that you remember that this man was not blind during his life. He was born blind. And His disciples asked Him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was actually born blind. And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. You see, you see, you clap. You'll be clapping in a little while, let me tell you. He's about to show us something so powerful. A miracle is about to take place and it is all for the glory of God because not only is this miracle going to touch them then, but this miracle will touch us now and show us a picture of what happens when we connect to the Holy Spirit, when we come to the Holy Spirit, when we drink of the Holy Spirit, something happens. Watch this. Then Jesus said, verse number four, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And he said these things and he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed his eyes. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Seriously, I'd like to try that here. Half of you will leave and call me a false prophet. I know you. Yeah, you. Wave your hands. It's you that's going to do it. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's what people are like. They get so offended so quickly. So Jesus does something. Just think about it. Have you ever thought about why did he do this? He spits on the clay. Picks up the clay. Rubs the clay in the guy's eyes. Jesus never did this when he healed other blind people. But this man was blind to reveal the works of God, to show us something very, very deep and very, very powerful. Watch this. He says, he anointed his eyes, the eyes of the blind man with clay, and he said to him, now watch, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Go and wash your eyes because you've been born blind. Go and wash at the pool of Siloam where they go and get living water. Ooh. Go and wash at the place that they go get living water. He didn't say that. But you've got to read between the lines. You've got to see what is he saying? Why did he do this? Why is this miracle so peculiar that he actually would go to the extreme of putting mud on the guy's eyes? He wasn't able to see yet. He first had to go to the pool of Siloam. 
which is where at the Feast of Tabernacle they would get water, which was known as the living water that they would use during the feast. Remember, the guy was born blind. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So Jesus sent him to the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back seeing. He came back and he was able to see. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. Is this how we are in the church, eh? I'll tell you what. Well, you know, God didn't really heal that guy, you know. I'm sure that he would, you know, I'm sure he was actually, like, he was actually okay, you know. That's not really a miracle, you know, that, that was medicine that did that. There are times when it's medicine, but let me tell you, I've seen many times where medicine has nothing to do with it. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen him, that he was blind, said, is not this he who sat and begged? This is verse number eight. Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. And then there's, a, there's this big problem because Jesus does this miracle on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees say, because, because it's on the Sabbath, he must be a false prophet. This is not a real miracle. And they tried everything in their power. They said to his parents, listen, tell us, was he really blind? He said, his parents know what the, what the religious people are like, that they, all they want to do is kill people. And they said to him, listen, ask him. He's standing over there. He really was blind, but you can ask him what happened. Don't ask us. We know nothing. And, they, and they're trying their best to find out how is this even possible? Because listen, it's, not, it's, it's one thing for someone to get healed that was able to see. But when someone is born blind, they can see nothing. And this man was able to see. Let's pick it up in verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Because you must understand, remember, he, this man must be a sinner. How could Jesus have done this? He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. I was blind, but now I see. been at the pool of Siloam before, but this time somebody touched my eyes, put something on my eyes. This time when I went and took a drink, there was something different. I washed my eyes with real water and my eyes began to open. And once I was blind, but now I can see. 
Hallelujah. Oh, take a seat. It gets better. <laughs> not only does the water of the Spirit, not only does He sustain you, but when you take a drink from that living water, your eyes begin to go open. What you must realize is you were born blind. You could not see. That's why before you encountered the Lord and you'd open your Bible, you'd read, try and read the Scriptures, but it made no sense to you. Oh, my God. That's why Jesus said to this water is different. Oh. Give me this water. Okay, I'll give you this water. You've had, you've rightly said that you were married. But now you're not married, but you had five husbands. What's he doing? He's revealing stuff to her about herself. The only one that does that like this is him. You want to know who you really are. You have to come to the one who really gives life. Yes, the water sustains us. It gives us, it keeps us going. But I want you to know that you will always be blind until the Holy Spirit opens your eyes. There's no other miracle like this with so many verses in the whole Bible. I wish I could read it all to you, but let's keep going. I am a little excited. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already. And you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? At that moment, they should have said, yes. <laughs> And they reviled him and said, you are his disciple. But we are Moses' disciples. This is so good. Oh. What they don't understand is the same water that Moses was given was the same water that healed this man. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. And the man answered and said to them, why is this, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the word began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could, he, could, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins. And are you teaching us? In other words, because you were born blind, it's because of your sin. And they cast him out. They were upset. And when Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord? that I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him. Oh. 
and it is He who is talking to you or with you. Then He said, Lord, I believe. And He worshipped Him. The Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and truth. Once He had tasted real life, once He had tasted the truth, it wasn't in the temple or on any mountain. When Jesus said, I am He, I am the Son of God, the man fell down and simply began to worship Him right there. Isn't that so powerful? And Jesus said to him, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. And some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Mm, I wonder. <laughs> and Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. My God, it's so powerful. Now watch this. Let's go to Ephesians 1 verse 15. This is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he makes one of the most powerful statements in the New Testament teachings. Watch this. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus... And in your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mentions of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit, everybody say spirit, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Why? You need the spirit because something must happen, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. In other words, that you will finally be able to see Watch, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? You see, you will never understand who you are until the Holy Spirit opens your eyes. Because as you begin to see Jesus clearly, so you will begin to find out who you really are. That's why when Jesus said to her, I'll give you a drink of this water, He began to reveal her to herself. The living water, the Holy Spirit, which Jesus spoke of that we would receive, will sustain you in your walk with Him, will keep you going, will give you life, and it will also open your eyes. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes. Many Christians walk around blind as a bat because they have rejected the work of the Holy Spirit who is the very one. That's why Paul prayed and said, I pray that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would begin to know, that you would begin to understand, that you would begin to clearly see. When your eyes have been opened by the spirit of God, and you begin to read scripture, you begin to seek, the, seek him in the word, your, everything is different. When you pray, it's not like it was before. Everything is different. Listen, the Holy Spirit is so important because if you truly want to recognize who Jesus really is, you need Him. 
Therefore, the Holy Spirit is also a symbol of water. Isn't that powerful, guys? Let me give you two or three scriptures, then we'll, we'll, we'll close off. Are you okay this evening? Wasn't this powerful? Amen. Joel 2.28. It shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Watch this. I will pour out my spirit. Pour out my spirit is represented of like a type of rain, water. What happens when the water comes? Your sons and your daughters shall do what? Prophesy. Why? Because they can see. In order to prophesy, you must have spiritual sight. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men will see visions. All has to do with sight. Why? Because their eyes have gone open. When? When the Spirit was poured out over them like a water. Romans 5.5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. Isaiah 12 verse number three says this. Therefore with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And this verse, I just love so much. You see, it doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. He is always drawing us to himself. The Bible says, if you knock, the door will be opened. If you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you will find. That's what the Bible says. In Revelation 22, 17, yes, this has an end time meaning, but listen to what he says. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. This is a gift. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a gift that has been given to us. But no one can force you to drink. You may try and satisfy your thirst in this world with all kinds of different things, but you will always remain thirsty. Some people try drugs. Some people try sex. Some people think that a better job or more money will satisfy their thirst. But the truth is you will never enter into satisfaction, life, until you drink from a fountain of true living water. You will never find satisfaction. You will never find contentment until you have had a drink from that living water. When Jesus met with a woman at the well, she was not perfect at all. In fact, if you had to have asked anyone in the city, they would have said, choose anyone but her. Because she is a bad woman. But Jesus knew that this bad woman, once she had encountered real life, real love, real joy, real peace, 
that she would take it and accept it and run with it. And that's exactly what she did. That's exactly what she did. I don't know where you are in your walk with God right now. But I'm here to tell you this evening, I am on assignment by the Most High God to give you a message this evening that if you are thirsty, that you can come and He'll fill you up with a water that will satisfy every broken spirit, every hurting individual. No matter what you're going through, I wanna tell you that if you take a drink from this river, from this water, it will give you life and life more abundant. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big shout. sustain me why don't we learn why don't we see that you are the one and the only one who gives life did you not say I'm the way the truth and the life we look for things in every different place, God, to satisfy a broken heart, a broken spirit, or a need that's deep inside of us, thinking that some person will satisfy that void. That's why you said on the day of, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, knowing fully well that they would take that water, pour it on the altar, begin to celebrate what would only be temporary. And you cried out and said, if anyone thirsts, Let him come to me, and I will give him rivers of living water. Lord, my prayer this evening for these precious people that are yours is that we will come, Lord, and we will saturate ourselves in your presence. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. We need you. We depend on you. You are our life source. Jesus, you have done everything for us. And you sent your spirit. Did you not say that your spirit would be our comforter, our advocate, our teacher, our best friend? You said to your disciples, I will send another helper. When you use the word another, it really represented one just like me. That same spirit is the spirit of God that dwells in you, church. I know what it's like to think that something else will really satisfy you because your flesh is like that. But the truth is, is where does that desire come from? That desire, that void that's in you, where does it really come from? It comes from deep inside. Because you must understand that you are a spirit as well. You have a spirit, a soul and a body. That's what you are. And what we don't understand is we were created in a way that this is what we need to sustain us this living water. 
that only Jesus can provide by His Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you this evening. The first thing I have to do, if you've come here this evening and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, listen, friend, you can run around and do whatever you like. I can tell you right now that void will never go away. The woman with the, the woman at the well, she, she tried everything, five husbands, and the one she was with was not her husband. So this is the sixth. But when she finally encountered the Messiah, the, the Christ, she was changed forever. I want you to know that your life will always be full of void until you run to Jesus and say, Lord, I make you the Lord of my life. I give my heart to you. If you are here this evening and you say, Pastor Alex, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I've been, I've been, I've been waiting. I've, I've, I've said I'll do it next time or maybe in, in the future. I'm not ready to commit my heart to Him. Listen, tonight's the night. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Alex, tonight I want to give my life to Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Please, nobody look around. This is very personal. If you say, Pastor, that's me. Tonight I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to spend eternity with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Raise your hand up quick so I can pray for you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. I see you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me tonight? You can put your hand down. I see your hand. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me? Include me tonight in this prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. Raise your hand up quick. Don't keep your hand down. You can feel the Holy Spirit pulling. Raise it up quick. I'll include you. Thank you. God bless you. Last call for this. God bless you. If you've come here this evening and maybe you served Jesus before, but you've lost your way, you stopped going to Him as your source of life. You lost your passion, your zeal for God. You've lost your desire. You served Him once before, but now you're not serving Him anymore. You know you either are serving Him or you aren't. There is no in-between. You, you have either made Him Lord of your life or He isn't. If you say, Pastor Alex, tonight I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life again. I want to come back to that living water. Raise your hand up. I'll include you in this prayer. Quickly, slip your hands up. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, include me tonight. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Can we all stand for just a moment? If you raised your hand, please don't stay in your seat. Come to the front quickly. Quickly come to the front. Don't stay in your seat. Come quickly. Many of you raised your hands. Come, come. Let's give them a big God bless you. Make way for them to get past you guys. Let them come. Let them come. Thank you so much. God bless you. That's it. Keep coming. Keep coming. Thank you, sir. Keep coming. Come, there were more of you. Amen. That's it, brother. Come. Stand right here. Stand right here. Stand right here. My God. This lady cuts my hair. And let me tell you, she is so precious. 
I have come to you for months because you have been on my heart. But you were not on my heart because of me. You were on my heart because of Him. Because He has seen your tears. He has seen your loneliness and your brokenness. And God says that tonight in this place, I will heal your broken heart. I will restore you. That, that was lonely in you. I will fill that void, God says. And the desire of your heart, the desire of your heart, He will give you. You are so precious to the Lord. You are so precious to the Lord. Father, I pray, not only for her, but for all these that are in the front here tonight. Lord, that you will fill them up. Lord, that from this night, they will serve you and love you all the days of their life. That tonight, God, this is a serious decision. Lord, that their lives will change completely. They will enter into life. Tomorrow morning when they wake up, they will not be the same again because you have encountered them with your love, your power. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you begin a mighty work in them. Listen, you guys in the front here, we are gonna say a prayer tonight together. This prayer, you must pray with your whole heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. You see, it's important that you believe in your heart, that you make Him Lord of your life. Then He comes in and He changes everything. Church, can we all pray this together, but especially you in the front. God's doing a mighty work in you too, man. Let me tell you. Amen. You're going to be okay. Okay. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this together. Let's say, Father, I come to you tonight. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He's the Son of God. Wash me in your blood. Make me whole. Make me new. Write my name in the book of life. Tonight, I give my life to you. Now fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Can I ask my leaders just to come up behind them quickly, please? Quickly come, quickly, quickly. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Listen, young man, it's only the beginning, hey? This is a new beginning for you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. It's going to be okay. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. This is a real encounter that you're having tonight. And you will never be the same again. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. You guys... There is one of, our, one of my leaders are behind you. And if you look over there to your left, there's a wonderful pastor standing waving at you there. He wants to meet you. And we want to just pray for you and encourage you and then bring you back into the service. Can you just follow him out? Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. I need a drink now. It's not over yet, so just hang in there. 
Amen. Amen. How many of you in this place love Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. What I want to do now is I want to do a prayer for this specific message. If you've come here this evening and you say, Pastor Alex, this word was for me tonight. I need to run towards that water, that living water. I want to saturate myself in His presence. I want my eyes to be opened. I want the Holy Spirit to come and fill me up tonight. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled, filled with the Spirit. If that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to be prayed for tonight to be filled with the Spirit. Now remember, I'm praying for the whole church tomorrow. This is specific. This is what you want. You want the, this call for this message. Come to the front quickly. Don't stay in your chair. Come quickly. Come quickly. If you're in the front here, I want to challenge you, please don't look around, stay focused on God. Stay focused on the presence of God. Remember, like the woman with the issue of blood, she was so focused on touching the hem of Jesus' garment that she managed to creep under the people and get there out of total desperation. When you come to Jesus for a touch, you don't come looking around, talking to everybody, laughing, joking. You ain't gonna get nothing. If you want to be touched by the master, you must come desperate. Remember, the Bible says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Have you ever seen a thirsty person, what they look like? A thirsty person that wants to drink is desperate to get hold of that living water, is desperate to fill, be filled with that water. Have, a, have an attitude of desperation. Have an attitude like you desire with all of your heart to be filled with a spirit, with that living water tonight. You must have that posture. Church, let's stretch our hands out towards them. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now for every single person that is standing here. And I ask God that according to this word that was ministered, your word, Father, that you would answer tonight and that you would fill them with your spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you will come and that you will fill these precious people that are yours, God, with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask now that you come, even now as I'm speaking, before I even get to them, Lord, that you would begin to saturate their hearts, that you would fill them, that they would drink from rivers of living water, fountains of living water, that it would flow out of their bellies. Holy Spirit, I ask now, that you would begin to breathe on them, that you would begin to fill them, that you would begin to touch them. Yes, even now, the Holy Spirit is already on you in the back there. Then that area over there, the Holy Spirit's already beginning to move right there, right there over you ladies. He's coming, He's filling you now. There He is, the power of God's on you now. Fill them, Lord, more, 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 more. Fill them, fill them, more, more, more. Just take it all, take a drink, take a drink. Take a drink from the fountains of living water. He'll fill you up. You'll never be the same. 
You'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Fill him, fill him, Lord. More, more in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, take a drink. There he is. Take a drink. There he is. There he is. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Right now. There's the power of God. Now, follow. Now, now, now. Jesus, now, now. Fill him, fill him now, now, now. Touch him, Lord. Fill him, Lord. Now, fill him. Fill him up, God. There's the power of God now. In the name of Jesus, touch him. Touch him. Touch him now, Lord. Touch him now. sure we minister to everyone. There's a lot of my pastors that are going to be ministering, and I want to make sure that everybody gets prayed for. Amen. Come, the Spirit of the Lord is already moving powerfully. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. Come on, God is busy moving. Hallelujah. Take a seat for just a moment if you can. Amen. See this here? That's called true worship right there. That's what it looks like. Amen. That's right. Just keep this going. Just keep playing that, please. Father, just touch her. Just touch her right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes things just look so difficult. But God is a healer. Remember, He healed water. He restored water. He can restore anything. Amen. And tonight, He's about to restore some things in your life. Some things are going to be put back together. Pieces that were broken will be put back together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, what looks impossible is not impossible for you. And so I pray in the mighty name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, that you would just come into the situation. This that she's dealing with, Father, I pray that you would heal and deliver. In the name of Jesus, I come against every foul spirit that has tried to bring all kinds of oppression against you. I break its power off you now in the name of Jesus. I pray the healing peace of God to come over you now. Flood her soul, Lord. Man, in the name of Jesus. There it is. There's the peace. See, Jesus, the Bible says, He blew on His disciples and gave them the Holy Spirit. People wonder why I blow on people. I do it because Jesus did it. It worked, so I'll do it too. Amen. I remember in the old building, I would pray for people and blow on them, and then they would go, why is this pastor blows on people? Jesus blew on people. And, you know, we're supposed to be like he was, right? So if he blew on them and it worked, I think I should try it. Amen. Listen, Jesus spat on clay, man. You get offended so quickly. Not you, the person next to you. Amen. Where's your husband? Come, you and your husband. Raise your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this precious couple. I thank you, Father, for the destiny and the call of God on their lives. I thank you, Father, for the anointing that rests on them. For you were called long before you were even formed in your mother's womb. And I'm speaking to you as one. Because in the sight of God, you are one. Know the Son, that you are one in His sight. And God, listen to me, God put you together. 
It was predestined, pre-planned, long before you were even born, that you would be together for such a time as this, and you will enter into destiny and become the other man, the one that you are called to be. See, when you look with eyes of men, you see many things, things that seem impossible. But God does not see as man does, for God always looks at the heart. And the Lord says tonight that I have given you a soft heart, son. I have given you a heart and I've taken you through a season of wilderness where you saw what was in your own heart. I showed you, says the Lord, what was in your own heart. Now you have seen it. And now you have come to that place, says the Lord. You have come to that place where now you are able and have finally said, now God, I know I can't do it. I can't do it. This, I just can't do it. Now, out of this brokenness, did I not say in my word it's beauty for ashes? Did I not say in my word that I am the restorer? I will take you, son, and I will take you, daughter. I will take you as one, and I will raise you up in this hour. You, you have said to me, Lord, am I finished? Have the dreams that I've had, are they finished? God says, no. Every dream, every word that I've placed in your heart, hear me, that I have placed in your heart, says the Lord, surely it will come to pass. Now you will step into a season of preparation and then you will enter into a season of preparation and a season of rest. Breakthrough will come for you. You will not worry about money or finances. The Lord says, I will provide for you. And you have said, Lord, if you provide, we'll do what we, what we need to do. We want to serve you. That's what we want to do. God says, I will open a door for you. That door will go open and then you will be able to be prepared for, the, for what I have for you. For you are marked, says the Lord. You are marked by me. You are mine, says God. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Let this couple run with you all the days of their life. Young lady. From a young child, God gave you so many dreams, visions that you had when you prayed. And you have thought that they are lost. You even said, you said, you said, I'm not quite as good as I thought I was. But know this, that in His sight, you are so precious. You are so wonderful. You are so beautiful before Him. And there is not one dream or vision that you had that will not come to pass. Know this, know this, Rachel, that it is because of you that God has moved even in your household. It is because of prayers that have come up before the Lord because of you. Because the Lord heard, your, heard you when you cried out to Him. And God moved. And then it seemed like it all fell apart again. And then God restored. But now watch, says the Lord. Watch for the deep desire in your heart I will give you and the two of you will run. I say it again, will run in the days that lie ahead with the Lord and you will run with Him all the days of your life and your children will run with Him and their children will run with Him and you and your seed and your house will serve the Lord and yes, son, yes, ministry will be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. I see you traveling. I see you going to far off places. I see you preaching the gospel and there will be fire in your mouths and there will be fire in your eyes and you will go and you will, you will do that that you've desired, Rachel. You said, Lord, I just want to change the world for you and you will do it. You will do it in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I ask 
that you will anoint them tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Fill them up, God. Fill them up, God. Let their dreams be realized again. Let them see once again what they've begun to forget and to think is impossible. Let them see it again, even in the night watches. And I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And I release this word to you now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Man. Rivers of living water. Please, guys, if you have never been to one of the e-courses, I think it's in two weeks' time, we have E1 and E2. Please come. Please come. I beseech you, brethren, with the mercies of God, that you cometh to the courseth. <laughs> because you will be changed. It will affect you so much. I've, I have, in all my years of ministry, never seen God touch and change people more than in that course on the second day. Please come. Amen. Amen. I saw you, even while I was preaching, how the Spirit of the Lord came upon you. And I want you to know something, that God has always been with you. Even in your broken, hard, difficult times, He has always been with you. He has never left you. He's always been right there. And know this, that the Word of the Lord that came to you once, that was a promise you held so tightly onto, that felt would not come to pass, will surely come to pass. For you have now entered into a new season and God is about to heal some broken things in your heart. There are some things that have really hurt you and they're about to be restored. Just as He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer, so He will heal your heart tonight. Dawn, do not let go of Him like Jacob did not let go of Him. Hold on to him and say, Lord, I will not let you go till you bless me. God is with you, Dawn. I want you to know he is with you and he loves you so much, so much. You are his anointed daughter. Be filled with joy again. For the enemy tried to steal your joy and God is about to restore you. He's about to restore you. Father, I thank you. This is such a precious woman. Fill her up, God. Touch her household. Her precious husband, fill him up, God. Her son, her daughter, touch them, Lord. Let every word that you have spoken concerning them come to pass in the days that lie ahead. And once again, this mother will rise up with the sword of the Spirit in her hand and fight like she never has before. Tonight, you will breathe him in and you will breathe him out. And you will feel a, you will feel a healing in your heart and his heart in your heart. There he is. There's the peace of God now all over you. Just follow up, God. 
I thank you for this precious woman. In Jesus' name. Man, can you feel the peace? Amen. See, there's a time when we shout. There's also time to just be still. You know, too many people go into the presence of God and they don't be still. How is God going to talk to you if you don't keep quiet a little bit? Get into His presence. Pray in the Spirit. Do whatever it is you do, but then give Him a chance to speak to you. Just stop. You don't have to do it for hours, but just be still. And when you're in His presence and you're spending time with Him in worship or whatever it is that you're doing, just stop and say, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. And then things will come to you that you never thought possible. And then you're going to say this. You're going to go, well, is that just me? Just look at what was said. You don't talk that way. Give him a chance to speak to you guys. He wants to speak to you. But we rush into our prayer room. Lord, I need this. I need that. Please bless my son. Please bless my daughter. Please take care of my wife. Please bless the church. They need you more than I do. Well, we all need you, but just please do this and please do that and do this. And hallelujah. And I thank you and praise the Lord. And and then we close off and we leave. And God's saying, hey, I had some stuff I wanted to tell you. But you didn't give me a chance. Give him a chance to speak to you. I have learned that true authority and power does not need to shout that God speaks in a still small voice. He taught Elijah the prophet this. Just a still voice, small, still voice that'll be on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. He lives here and he speaks to your spirit and your spirit hears him. What you have to do is you have to be able to hear that with your mind, and that's not easy. I'll teach you how to do that in the e-course. Come and listen. Amen. Are you guys okay? Now, tomorrow night is the final light. I'm gonna pray for everybody. I'm gonna take my time. So come early and be prepared. We're gonna be here for a while. But I can tell you, don't miss tomorrow night. Amen. I want to minister to everybody. And I will personally lay hands on everybody. So please, I want you to come. As your pastor, I desire to impart some spiritual gift to you tomorrow night. I want to impart everything that we have preached this week. The oil, the fire, and His water. I want to impart that to you, the Holy Spirit. There's nothing strange about that, guys. It's all throughout the book of Acts. Go read it. And it primarily came through the laying on of hands. It's not a new doctrine, it's foundational. So don't miss out tomorrow night, it's gonna be extremely powerful. You guys are so precious. You know, I am so thankful. This is such an honor for me to be in a place where there are people that are so passionate about God. Amen. Are you two married? No. Do you know her? How do you know her? What's that? You're dating. When are you getting married? Come on, brother. It's time to die. <laughs> you were here this morning. 
Man, God has been after you all week. I've watched you. Yeah. Amen. I can't give you a word as a married couple because you're not one yet. But the Lord is after you. And the Lord is really drawing you this weekend. Amen. And you're a very precious young man. You have a very tender heart, doesn't he? Amen. He's a good man, right? Amen. Listen, she's a keeper, brother. I'm telling you. Amen. Walk with God, young man. Walk with Him. And He will show you great and mighty things. Things the likes of which you... I remember when I was a young man, younger than you, much younger than you. I was very young. And I remember when God began to show me things. I remember being in my room and I would pray. And while I was praying... I would see these crowds of people that I would preach to. And I hadn't preached to anybody yet. Nobody. And then one day I went to a service like this and the pastor called me out. And he said to me, son, he said, the crowds that you saw while you were praying in your room, he said, that was you seeing yourself in the future. And I remember weeping and crying under the presence and the power of God. I want you to know that if you allow God, He will begin to show you things about your future. Just like I taught you this evening. Amen. Take a hold of it and don't let her go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want you to know something. We are always asking for revival. Do you realize that we are busy having one? People's lives are being changed. People are getting saved. We've had so many salvations in the last three days. I mean, it's unbelievable. Two days, three days, whatever it is. And the church is full. It's unbelievable. And remember what I said to you at the beginning of the evening. In a few days from now, you will feel that you are completely different. And it's because the Holy Spirit is busy working in all of our lives, me included. I'm enjoying it so much. Such a privilege for me. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to do something. I'm going to close the service. But if you need healing in your body for sickness, after I close, come up. My pastors and some of my leaders will be here. We want to pray for you for sickness tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to lay hands on everybody. But I want to do a call for sickness under this atmosphere. I believe the Lord will heal many of you. So if you have a disease or some kind of sickness in your body, after I close the service, please come to the front. I need all my pastors and some of my senior leaders to please be up here to help us pray. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you for what you have done so far this this evening and this weekend, we are so grateful to you, God. You've touched so many. Lord, these words that come from your word have been so impactful on our hearts. And you are drawing us constantly, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are drawing us to the Father more and more and more. My prayer, God, is that not one of the seeds that have been sown in the hearts of these people this night will be stolen by the enemy but rather that it would find a good place of soil in their hearts and their lives would be totally transformed. 
that you would continue to draw them closer and closer to you, Father. We love you. We honor you. We worship and praise you. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. God bless you. Go in his peace and may the joy of the Lord be your strength and we'll see you tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.